Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Welcome to another edition. We are excited. We're actually in the studio this week, Simon. Well, whatever the studio actually is, it's an ever-changing studio. I feel like we just need to be sponsored, like a remote studio sponsor, because we're well, one week we're at MKE Barron's Tailgate, another week we're you know at my house, another week we're at our actual studio. We're just, we're everywhere. You know, I, I like the idea of a sponsor. So, hey, if there's anybody out there. Hey, we won't say no. Get in contact with one of us. Uh, you can get a hold of us on social media, Simon, which is where? On Facebook, we are 2UpFront. And on Twitter, we are at 2UpFrontSoccer. And you can listen to us on Sports Radio America from 3 to 6 Eastern on Live 365 and tune in at com, and you can listen to us on demand anytime on Spreaker.com and on iTunes and as of this last week you can now listen to us on demand on iHeartRadio awesome. as well. So, uh, and, and just to clarify on the uh, sports radio deal, yes. it doesn't mean we're actually talking for three hours straight. No. But what's great about it is it means that usually our show runs an hour, hour and a half so within that three hour time period you have an opportunity to hear the show twice or three times depending on how long we actually go. Yes, and then the way they do it too is they actually put the show on random as well. So if you tune into Sports Radio America anytime during the rest of the week when we're not actually supposed to schedule to be on, you might run into the show or a past episode as well depending on what we're doing. So uh, for this episode as well, we are actually broadcasting live on Periscope as well. So hi to all the Periscope viewers out there Hello, as well. Periscope. Uh, per- if you are Periscope. listening to the show and feel like commenting on anything we're talking about, Periscope is going to be the best way to do it. You can go to our Twitter feed, uh, like Simon said, at 2UpFrontSoccer, and you can find the link to uh, watch us and listen to us on Periscope as well. So if you're there, we say hey. If you're not, yeah, we don't mind as well. But you can go back and watch the video too anytime you want. It'll be on our Periscope profile. So... Uh, Enough with all the housekeeping, enough with all the fun stuff. We love, obviously, uh, spreading our name and talking about everything that is the business side of things. But, Simon, uh, obviously, it is time to talk about the whatever you want to call it, the drama and the excitement, if you're a a non-biased soccer fan, that is the 2015 CONCACAF Gold Cup. Now, uh, it has been a back-and-forth tournament. We thought for a while that Cuba was just going to completely defect out of the tournament. We thought that Mexico might run through everybody like they did against Cuba. We thought the U.S. was maybe going to get knocked out earlier than they may have been. 
And then even teams like TNT and Jamaica were like, oh, maybe these guys might do well. And then there's the ever-changing Canada who can't see oh, to do Oh, they can't. Well. Changing I, or not changing, I think that's part of the problem is they want to yeah. change, but they're not. I like Canada. I think they've got a bunch of really good young players, but it just never pans out no. for them. And another tournament without scoring a goal. Yeah. Another but gold you, you cup. You can't, can't win a tournament without scoring goals. But the uh, the semifinals have taken place. Uh, one game is in the books. The other one is going on right now. We'll keep you updated on that. That is Mexico and Panama. Uh, still scoreless. However, a Panamanian player has been red carded still in the Luis first Luis Tejada, one of their better players. I believe he's yes. a midfielder, if I remember right. He is. Yep, he is a midfielder for them. Uh, so he is out. Uh, they are going into halftime right now. No uh, goals to be said. And, of course, we don't have video of this because it's on Fox Sports 2. What? <laughs> oh, my gosh. No wonder. I would. I didn't want to watch it anyway. Gosh. Well, I would have loved to watch it after the controversy from the Mexico-Costa Rica game. Absolutely. You know, who knows? Maybe Mexico would be there anyways, but I'd like to jump into that right now if Please. we can. Just to catch up a little bit here on the Gold Cup action that we saw with Mexico-Costa Rica. It was an evenly played game and perhaps one of the most unjust endings to a game that I have seen in a long time. Uh, we saw CONCACAF rear its ugly head into this. You know, you can say, ah, oh, there's another conspiracy theorist. When it happens tournament after tournament, I'm sorry, it's not a conspiracy anymore. Absolutely it's a fact. Not. You call, and it was, here's the crazy thing about it. It wasn't the head ref that made the call against Roy Miller, the Costa Rican marking back. Mm -hmm. It was an American assistant referee, was, ah. or as we say, the linesman. He was paid off. It, it's 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 mind-boggling because you watch this play. Peralta's already jumping. Roy Miller's just running with him. So you see his arm kind of go along the hip of Peralta, but he doesn't shove him or anything. And that's what they call for a PK in the 120, 120th minute, basically the stoppage time. It, it, to me, it was one of the most ridiculous calls I've seen in a long time. What I don't understand, though, with the head referee, okay, you've given the PK, as ridiculous as that is. But then you also give Roy Miller a yellow card on that play. Yeah, see, I don't know about that, especially with the the drama to the dramatization is that the right? That's word great. Okay. Yeah, the dramatization yeah. of as you said, he threw up his hands and flopped around. How do you, I mean? Was there contact? I, I I haven't seen the video in a while, so I can't remember. Well, if there was, I guess to use an NFL term, it was incidental. Yes. you know, and it wasn't. It didn't throw off Peralta's run at all because, like I said, he was already jumping mm -hmm. before the contact happened. So, in that regards, you almost want to say like it was set up and it was not. You know, it was a controversy in terms of, oh, well, I'm going to jump up, and oh, there happened to be a player here, and oh, it's a penalty kick, and oh, it's. And here's the other thing that. Deciding. Here's the other thing that the refs have to consider is, is that ball playable? And it was not playable. But at the split second decision, though, it is hard. I, can, I, I get where you're coming from, but I can see the refs too because everything happens so fast in professional sports. That ball is played in, a ref makes a split second decision, and he's Which I, I usually would agree with you on yes. that, but we're talking about the 120th minute. Mm -hmm. We've seen several plays in the boxes that there were other plays in the boxes that could have been called for a PK. If you're not going to call those, you don't call one that's iffy, even if it is a split-second decision. Understandable, especially that late in the game with so much riding on it. You know, With PKs, it seemed to be evident, or eminent, I guess. It just never ended up. The Mexicans had a different idea. Yeah, and I'm not the biggest fan of the PK shoot-up, but quite honestly, I think that would have been the most just way yes. to end that game. Absolutely, instead of a controversial ending the way it was. And we heard from the Costa Rican head coach after the game doing his best to be as professional 
about it. So props to him. Mm-hmm. Props to him for yes. being able to keep it together and not rip CONCACAF, not rip Mexico, not rip Peralta. He kept it together. He said, I don't remember all his comments, but it was basically the, you know, it, it happened. We need, you know, we're very happy that we were able to come this far, you know, this, that, and the other, the normal, you know, things you say to motivate your team. But I'm sure that there was foul words mentioned in the locker room, you know, among staffers of Costa Rica. But you hate to see Costa Rica go out like that because they have done such a great job since the World Cup of asserting themselves and saying, hey, look, there are three good teams in CONCACAF. There could be more. You know, TNT and Jamaica are making that push to be those fourth and fifth, like, consistent quality teams. But now that Costa Rica played as well as they did, they had my vote to upset Mexico and go to the final. I think year. a lot of people felt that way. I would now, I will say agree. that, you know, Mexico played that game quite well. I don't know if they can if they can win this tournament with uh, their lack of goal scoring. Yeah, they put six behind Cuba. Well, that's Cuba, though. But, so did the uh, United States. Right, exactly. Uh, but, man, they, they are misfiring like crazy. They're, they're sure diving a lot. Hey. You and know, it paid off for them. It did. But it's a, uh, a, proper, a well-placed dive, Simon, can yes, change a game. It sure can. Uh, speaking of Trinidad, though, that was that was a heartbreaker for Absolutely. me to see them lose to Panama. Now, Panama is a decent side, but Trinidad and Tobago, they, to me, were the most fun team to watch Absolutely. in this tournament. Absolutely. And, and for them to be in the lead during their uh, penalty kick shootout with Panama and to end up losing that on some, again, poorly placed shots, that was... Uh, Boy, that was a heartbreaker for me to watch. No, I completely agree with you on that one. It's it's unfortunate to be able to exit that way. Penalty kicks are never fun. Uh, but now that Panama is now down, like we said, against Mexico, they are down uh, to 10 men. We'll see now if their heroics from their game against TNT are able to carry them now through to the final. And if they do, they will be, like you said, without one of their better players. Right. So, uh, right now, we don't know who's going to be challenging Jamaica in the final because, um, as we as we just alluded to, it is Jamaica that will be advancing to the final over the United States, a 2-1 victory for them. Uh, Jamaica playing, looking like... Well, first of all, before we even dive into Jamaica and USA, I need to commend the Jamaican players from MLS because they played very well. Well, here's an interesting thing. First of all, let me just say this, Baxter. Yes. When we started this show up, one of the great bits of feedback that we got uh, from the folks over at Sports Radio Americas. Yes. You know, we can tell you guys are passionate about this game. Now we need to hear that passion. Uh, That passion will be very evident. Absolutely. (laughs) At least through this segment and perhaps into the next. You never know. Uh, You know, Klinsman took a lot of pot shots at MLS. He did. um, And some of them, obviously, rightfully so. But Jurgen... Who scored the game-winning goal tonight against you? Uh, I think that was a guy from Major League Soccer. It sure was. Barnes, who plays for the Houston Dynamo. Giles Barnes. What a shot he had. And the first goal came from an Major League Soccer player from who? Oh, Darren Maddox from the Vancouver Whitecaps. So there you are. There you are. Two to one. Um, And by the way, there were two players from the Bundesliga playing for the U.S. in the back four. Timmy Chandler. Uh, Chandler was not. It was uh, Fabian Johnson. Did Timmy Chandler not start? He did not start. What? It was Brad Evans. uh, Alvarado. Oh. Again. Uh, John Brooks, and then and then uh, Fabi and Fabian. I'm never sure how you actually Fabiano. say it. Let's call him Fabi. Uh, there we go, Fabi. Uh, so you, yeah, you had Brooks and Fabi in there from the Bundesliga. Now I'm not going to sit there and say that those guys shouldn't be playing. Uh, the only one you know, I will continue to say it. Alvarado, he needs to stop wearing the U.S. shirt. He Absolutely. does not belong back there. Well, he got, he's on, well, he's stuck with us though because he's cap tied. 
So I mean, yeah, and that no, regard, I get that. I get what you're I saying. That, yeah, like, but we've got we plenty of other players. Off to somebody else. You got plenty of other players that can play. Matt Peasler. This the Gold Cup. Here's the thing about what that I have with Klinsman Baxter. Yes, is that you have a lot of things. Oh man. This is not the time to experiment. This Absolutely is not, not the time to season players. No. We've, we talked about this before. This is, this is just, and I don't think Klinsman gets this. The, the Gold Cup is just as big as the European Championship. Absolutely. This is not when you, when you give a, a player time to develop. No. The senior national team, we expect results. Anything else before this level, yes, it's development. But when they get here, it is about the results and only the results. You don't keep a guy in there like Alvarado, who was burned on two goals before this. He got he was terrible on marking on Jamaica's first goal again. Jonathan Brooks was also terrible tonight. Uh, but you have this player constantly starting. And the thing is... Klinsman keeps putting in all these different starting lineups. He keeps changing the formation over and over and over. You're putting players in there that perhaps haven't played enough together, so you can't build that chemistry. But what I truly don't get is the players you keep in there are the ones who don't deserve to be in there. Like Alvarado and, I would have to say, Kyle Beckerman. Oh, horrible tonight. I Absolutely do not agree with horrible. Kyle Beckerman being on this team. And it's difficult for me because I... We'll preface this by saying I didn't get to watch the game tonight. Not only did my internet fail me, but I also had other uh, pre-existing things. I was able to listen to a bit of the first half, mm-hmm. uh, so I did hear the first goal. And from what I was hearing from the commentators, it just sounded like Jamaica was just applying an onslaught of chances. It, I'll tell you what. It was 20 minutes of the U.S. Jamaica scored that goal. Yes. The U.S. looked shell-shocked. I heard, I heard up until the first goal, then I had to get out of the car and go to my meetings and everything. But, and I, I thought the U.S., the way that they were pressing, the way I kept hearing Aaron Johansson having a really good chance, he miss, him missing that one. And I'm like, oh, the U.S. should you know, wrap this up. I'll go to my meeting. I'll come back out. Everything will be great. We're going to move on to the finals. Yahoo, go USA. And then I get a notification halfway through a meeting that the U.S. is down 2-0 at halftime. And yeah. I'm like, what just happened? What happened in those other you know, 15 minutes while I was not in the car? You know, I was, I was being the good guy. I was taking notes throughout the whole game. Oh, look at uh, you. you know, so I, proud. I talk about the U.S. was maintaining control of the midfield, which was a big key to the game. Uh, but Jamaica was staying with it. Here's, here's my interesting note, though. Great to see these CONCACAF teams improving. The U.S., Mexico, and Costa Rica must improve as well. Absolutely. Otherwise... They're going to start going backwards, and I feel like what scares me is that's what I saw during this game. You think that the United States is declining? So if you had to rank your top, let's say, five teams in CONCACAF right now, where would you put the United States? I'd put them, I'd probably put them, I'd probably put them at number three. Okay, behind, does it go Mexico, Costa Rica, or Costa no, Rica, Mexico? No, I would, I, I, I don't even think Mexico's the best in the region okay. anymore. Um, is it Jamaica or <laughs> Panama? I think because the World Cup performance, perhaps you can say Costa Rica. Okay, but I'm, yeah, I think I think Jamaica and Panama are in there at, at well in Trinidad as well. Absolutely. You know, if World Cup qualifying started tomorrow, yes, and it was the it was the final six, it was the hex. I'd be worried out of my mind. Absolutely, I don't feel like the United States would be able to make it out, honestly, especially if we took this squad to qualifying. Here's the deal: you have. Johansson playing as a lone striker. And we talked about this last week, how I don't think you can play anybody else as a lone striker except for Eltador. And I have not been a fan of Eltador lately. But my point is, is You've that if you... have been a fan of Eltador? I have not past? been. No, I'm I saying have. you have been in the past? In though? the past I have been, sure. When he was Ooh. scoring goals for the U.S. <laughs> he wasn't scoring goals for Sunderland, suppose, but I he was suppose. scoring goals for the U.S. Okay. Um, but when, when you don't have him, you can't play a lone striker. 
you have to play, as we talked about, two up front or at least have that withdrawn forward. They, uh, Klinsman puts Dempsey back in midfield again this game rather than using him as that withdrawn forward. And we see what happens. They, they, they don't get as many shots as they should. Uh, what was really odd tonight is the U.S. was trying to work balls in, and when they'd finally get by the 18, they're taking, uh, trying to make crosses that are only waist high, so Jamaica was always there. Well, the United States outshot Jamaica 20-8. to 8. But a lot of those shots... The, but the U.S. also put 10 shots off target. Right. Well, and here's the thing, too, is, is you saw early Thompson, the goalkeeper for Jamaica, mm. couldn't handle a single ball. No, not so at all. So I don't understand why at halftime Klinsman doesn't say, let's pepper the heck out of him and make sure there's always somebody there, there to follow through. Or maybe he did, and we saw that with the Bradley goal. Bradley was there to, to put away the, uh, the ball that came back. But you've got to do that the rest of the half. One of the things I said is that if the U.S. doesn't score within 10 minutes, this is Jamaica's game. The U.S. needed to keep pressing and pressing and pressing, and they weren't doing it. They played such a predictable game. Oh, boy, I'm hot here, Baxter. The U.S. You played are. such I'm a predictable game tonight. Go. I'm just letting you go, man. It's fine. So what we see from the U.S. is they work the ball up the middle, mm-hmm. they play it to the sides, and they send it across almost every single time. You've got to mix it up. You've got to get in there and, and take advantage of, of their goalkeeper not being able to handle that ball. You know, make a run up the middle and crack a shot. And if you see that <laughs> somebody better. like Beckerman can't put up with Jamaica speed, hmm, who's one of the fastest players on the team? DeAndre uh, Yedlin, perhaps? Yedlin, maybe, yeah. And then you, you wait until the 77th good. minute to put him in? I don't understand why he didn't start. That's what bothers me is that why is DeAndre Yedlin not the type of player that's not getting, is not getting consistent starting time? Even Joe Corona, for gosh sakes. Joe Corona, I would have taken Joe Corona over Bedoya. I would have taken him over Beckerman. Demarcus Beasley, for gosh sakes. I would have even taken him. Alan Gordon, okay, sure, he saw the field a little bit greater. You know, he didn't do very well. Graham Zusi, well, he doesn't really need to be on the he, team I, right now. I almost feel like he put a Gordon in too early. Because we saw Gordon trying to play with his feet, and boof, that's Gordon ugly. Gordon doesn't play with his feet. That is ugly. It's kind of like Abby Wambach sometimes. Abby Wambach, I'd say Abby Wambach's decent with her feet, but Alan Gordon with his feet, no. No, it, Not it doesn't, so doesn't happen. Um, you know, again, I, I don't want to take away from Jamaica's performance. No. They, they played it's hard a fantastic not to. It's game. hard as U.S. fans to sit here and obviously commend a team, but you have to. Jamaica played solid soccer. They made the most out of their chances, and thus made the U.S. pay accordingly. Now, I am a little... I, maybe I just didn't look hard enough at the roster when it came out. I didn't realize that Tim Ream was on the roster. Yes, he's on the roster but as well. But did he play? I don't, I don't know if he's... I think, I think he, he maybe saw a couple minutes, if anything. Why Why? Why does Tim Ream... Conti- I mean, that can be a whole other topic, but my basic question is why does Tim Ream continue to get called up if he doesn't see the field? And why doesn't he see the field? I mean, he's been player of the year by, by the Bolton Wanderers fans two years running now. He must be doing something right in the championship. Are, that's a, they're still a Premier League team, right? They're a championship team. Championship, but but still. even still, that's good soccer. That is good I soccer. I have no problem at all with that soccer that's being played in first and second division England. And I'll tell you, the reason I'm so hot is you hear all this talk from Klinsmann. You know, hey, congratulations, you beat Germany in a friendly. You beat Netherlands in a friendly. And all Bobby the, Wood. And, and all these fans out here who say, well, you know, we can't let him go. It's He's... Uh, he's He's won these great games against these top teams. It doesn't matter until it's actual games exactly. that matter. That's when you should be experimenting. That's when you should be bringing on your young guys and say, hey, I don't care if it's the B team for Germany or the B team for the Netherlands. Go out there, run, play against the best, some of the probably the best players you're ever going to play against as a young player. Go out there, get your experience, and then Klinsman can take a healthy look, look at his roster and say, okay, this guy played well in my friendlies, this guy played well in my friendlies. All right, hey, let's go. You're going to all be on the Gold Cup roster, and we're actually going to try to put forth a valiant effort and not suck. 
Right. You know, I don't you, understand why Jordan Morris and well, Jordan, Bobby Wood I, were not on this uh, team. Jordan Morris is injured. Yes. I know that. I knew I, that as well. I think there was an agreement with Bobby Wood that he's he's trying to get first-team action with the club that he was transferred to. Yes, which is, yeah, another topic. But, again, again you know, I – Boy, I could jump all around. I mean, we're, the the Tim Ream thing. I mean, Alvarado. Why why do you continue to let this guy have a bad tournament? Why don't you put Tim Ream in for him? Exactly. And then even another guy, senior notes too. Why isn't Mix Discrude getting more playing time? Right. Mix Discrude is one of the best med- midfielders in new, in MLS right now. I get it. That's MLS. But even still, he's being productive. He's got confidence. Use that. He's playing better than Kyle Beckerman. Absolutely. When you see Beckerman having to take guys down because he keeps getting beat. You sub at half. Yeah, absolutely. Make, make Jamaica have to make that adjustment. Anymore. Beckerman's what, 32, 33? He's up there. He's up there. It's just not even – it's somebody that just doesn't even deserve to be in at this exact moment. But um, just, yeah, we could go on and on and on about that. Let, um, I know you have another thought, though. I do. Uh, I'd like to make my biggest statement as we finish please, this segment, please, if you will. Please, please, before we go to break. Please. All right, so Neil Galati, you fired Mr. Bob Bradley after he lost in the 2011 Gold Cup final to Mexico. Which was just embarrassing as a whole, but that's irrelevant. The year before that, what did Bob Bradley do? Oh, they won their group at the World Cup. First time the U.S. has ever done that. That group included England. Yes, he lost to Ghana in the round of 16. He shouldn't have. Oh, but uh, Klinsman, they, hmm. they lost in the round of 16 as yes, well. Yes, but not to I, Ghana, though. Not to Ghana. Um, they did advance out of their group. Indeed. With help from Portugal and Ghana yeah, because of that result, right? Yes. So, so we see Bob Bradley's team move on by winning the group. Bob Bradley loses in the Gold Cup final. That's what Sunil Galati used as this is why we need to get rid of Bob Bradley. Mm. All I'm saying is, Galati, you set the precedent. Jurgen Klinsmann just lost in a semifinal to a Caribbean team that they have not lost to since the 1950s. Or something, four decades, no, not, well, 60, 70, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's been 40 years since the U.S. has lost to a Caribbean team on home soil. Absolutely ridiculous. So if your criteria is that if you don't win the Gold Cup, you're fired, I'd like to see Klinsman gone. Absolutely. Fire Klinsman. No, there bring, you are. Bring on Jason Kreis. Jason Kreis. Bring on Jason Kreis. Jay Heaps. I think we should bring back Bruce Arena. <laughs> I would be fine with Bruce. You know, at this point, I would be. I'm I just. Don't. I am not. Klinsman has this eternal thing about experimenting with his lineups. Stop we it. saw that in the World stop Cup. Stop it! Stop it! Stop! You it. don't see the top teams do that. They find no. a roster and then they stick with That's it. That's why the German machine has been so successful. That's why Andre Pirlo, for gosh sakes, is still part of the Italian national team because he has been good and consistent, and he's been on that team for years. And now people will say, "Hey, Klinsman was responsible for the resurrection of Germany." Ah. I disagree. I don't think so. I, there was a book written in which it was pointed out that Lowe was the actual technician behind all yes. of that. And, and I think we're seeing nowadays, that. Right. Yes, absolutely. So I want I, I wouldn't mind Klinsman as a technical director. Sure. I think that's what his calling is. I don't think you need to get rid of him, no. You know, but to have him as the U.S. men's national team coach at the senior level, I'm not buying it anymore. He should be gone. I agree. The precedent has been set, Mr. Galati. Follow through. Do it. Do it, do it, do it. Landon Donovan, submit your resume. Just saying. I'd be fine with Landon Donovan. <laughs> Anybody else have a problem with that? Get rid of Jurgen Klinsmann and slap it to him and make the biggest statement of all by hiring Landon Donovan. I want to see Christ in there. Or Jason Christ. I'd be fine with Jason I mean, he took, a, he took an RSL team that was in – this was probably before your time. Probably. He took an RSL team that was in total disarray, and look what he did. He made them a powerhouse. That's true. And now look at them now that he's gone. 
disarray again. So because Kyle Becker wins in the midfield, that's why. That's right. And they just traded Alvaro Salvario. They as well. did to we'll DC. Talk about that. A lot more fun stuff to get to. We're gonna continue on with the excitement. This is Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. What a first segment we had, Simon. You were blowing the rafters off the house here in the studio. You were very steamed up, but I think you, you got it out yeah, of your system I th- now. Maybe I, I need to like. apologize a little bit for it, but uh, boy, oh boy, I was... I was fired up, but look at this, Baxter. Panama up on Mexico, 1-0 with an own goal by, by Roman Torres, 57th minute. I love it. Let's go, Panama! And, of course, once again, though, we're, we're reading reports about the Mexican fans throwing projectiles at the Panamanian players. This has to stop. Yes. The, right. the, the chant that the Mexican fans say after every goal kick, sorry, guys, it's got to stop. It really does. Yeah, some people think it's funny. Yeah, well, no. Um, but as we, let's see here, as the video, there's a replay. We're looking at things on Twitter here, so the replay of the ball coming in. And uh, I don't know. That looks like a goal by a Panamanian like a player. Goal, yeah. That's hard to That's tell. That's hard to tell. That's really it hard is. to tell. But either way, Panama currently leading 1-0. Uh, for those of you following the U.S. Open Cup action tonight, the Chicago Fire just added a third goal, an insurance goal. They are up 3-1 to one against Orlando City. I don't even know how to pronounce that last name. Igbonike. That sounds great. We'll yeah. say that. Igbonike with the third Iggy. goal. We'll call him Iggy. We'll call him Iggy or Nike, one of the two, because he's got Nike in his name. Hey, MLS, I'll tell you one thing you could do for us uh, sports guys that, that love to follow your league. Yes. Have some type of pronunciation guide that somewhere be on your website, helpful. because we would love to be able to say the names of the... Because here's the thing. If we can read about these, we can know who these guys are, but yes. we want to be able to say their names correctly. Obviously. Like, I mean, come on. How else are we all supposed to get along here if none of us can <laughs> pronounce true. any of the darn names? It's ridiculous. So, um, And I'm not, a, I'm not a guy you want to mess with right now. I'm pretty heated. He is <laughs> exceptionally heated. He's almost as hot as the weather down in Tampa Bay 
uh, which is a good segue because the Tampa Bay Rowdies of yeah. the NASL have just signed the young Pelé, Freddie Freddy Adu. Adu. He's back. Get How? the Sierra Mist commercials going again. He's back in the United States. How old do you think he actually is? Freddie, well, let's see. He was 14 when well, I was supposedly, younger. Well, supposedly. Supposedly. <laughs> 14. Yeah, I don't know about that. I would say Freddie's probably late 20s. You right know, I, I give him credit. Yeah, he's supposed to be, I think, 26 is I what his what age is listed as. Um, I give him credit for finally coming back over and doing the NASL. You know, he mm-hmm. was offered by by the Atlanta Silverbacks when Eric Ronaldo was coaching. That was last year. Yeah. A place on the team. You know, Eric Ronaldo even said on air, Freddie, you've got to play us on our team. Just give us a call. Freddie refused to do it. He said, I'm, 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 I'm looking to be on the U.S. men's national team. I think reality has finally <laughs> seeped in figuring where he was and still – he was in Finland – and still, he was in like a second or third division club. Well, no, it was a first division club, but oh. he was on the reserves, which played in the fourth division. Come so he on. couldn't even break the lineup there. Come on, but apparently, please. he's saying what brought him back this time to NASL was Thomas Rogan as the coach down there, and that mm. was one of his early mentors. So okay. that's the reason he came back. No, I can definitely see that. I mean, it makes sense. So. Hey, we got Ventura Alvarado playing in the back. Why not have Freddie Adu up Why front? Why not? We could maybe he'll score more goals. Maybe he should be the replacement for Josie Altidore. There you go. Um, a fun thought here, though, as we're as we're talking, uh, my my Twitter feed keeps updating. Uh, Andrew Weeby of MLSsoccer.com uh, just said a USA Mexico in the third place game might not be the most in, might be the most interesting storyline of the entire tournament. Just as a fun side. Hey, you know, as is, is, is upset as I was with the loss tonight, it is still, again, I will say it's exciting when we see these Caribbean yeah. nations, these smaller nations stepping up. Yeah. It, it hurts, but at the same time, good for the Caribbean nations. And it's good for CONCACAF It's as great a whole. for CONCACAF, and ultimately, if U.S. soccer takes this seriously, it'll be the best thing that could ever happen to U.S. soccer because it will push us the way we need to be pushed. Absolutely. That means World Cup places are no longer guaranteed. That means passing to the next round or qualifying for the next round of World Cup qualifying is not guaranteed. That means we need to step up our game. We need to take this seriously, and we need to realize that there's no longer a giant in CONCACAF anymore. That's true, and it's nice. I mean, as much as it's nice to scoot by a lot of those teams, it is nice to actually feel challenged and actually have CONCACAF be valued more as a whole. And I think Jamaica and Trinidad and Tobago and Costa Rica now are those three teams to help push CONCACAF to the next level. And you still have you still have Honduras, which has a decent program. Yes. Uh, Guatemala Panama's not horrible. No, and it, right, Panama as well, and Guatemala's kind of over the hill at this point, so they're going to need some. Uh, some recharging down there as Absolutely. well. But but you have, again, we've talked about this before. CONCACAF actually has one of the best records with the amount of teams that go to the World Cup that actually end up advancing. They corrected the goal, by the way. Oh, they did? They Good. Did. Panama Good. ended up uh, getting uh, Roman Torres actually gets credit for the goal. Okay. So we were looking at that video questioning. So That's interesting because the, the website I'm on actually had said Roman Torres, and I'll be honest, I'm not sure of all well, the I'm players. I'm on CONCACAF's on. website, so right. that's probably Well, there why. you go. So. They wanted it to be is that Mexico. Yeah, you know, they, they they, CONCACAF couldn't say, oh, Panama actually scored. It was no. Mexico's fault that yeah, they scored it says, themselves. Panama gets on the score sheet with a header by Roman Good. Torres. Good. So that's how they are wording it right now. 65 minutes gone. Panama up 1-0 against Mexico in the semifinal game. Winner will go on to play Jamaica in the CONCACAF Gold Cup final on Sunday in Philadelphia at yes. PPL Park. Yes. So here's the thing. Back to Freddie Adu. I'll tell you what. Wouldn't this be a great story, though? You know, as, as, as mad as I was before, I'd love to, I'd love to see Freddie Adu all of a sudden just 
blossom into the player that everybody hoped he that would be. That would be great. Maybe some players hit their strides at different times, and maybe Freddie just you know was too overhyped. I think I've, I don't remember the article I was reading, but there was something mentioned about Freddie Duo, him saying the reason he felt like he didn't produce as well so early is because he had so much added pressure on him because sure. of the label of you know the next Pelé, all those things. That's a lot of pressure on a supposed fourteen to sixteen sure. year old kid. Sure, you know even even if he was sixteen years old, seventeen years old, that's still that's still a lot of pressure. And uh, Peter Novak who was the head coach of DC United at the time. Oh, Peter, what's he up to these days? I have no idea. I miss Peter Novak. But I'll, I'll say I, I did not agree with how he how he handled the management of Freddie Adu. He seemed He yes. seemed so set on making sure Freddie understood his place that he almost acted like the dad that was too hard on his kid. Ah, that's a fine line. That's it is, fine. it is. Um, you know, at that point, there were still... Uh, Jose Mourinho was was interested in Freddie Adu at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a number of Premier League clubs who were interested in him, and you, you kind of wonder, okay, would the same thing had happened had he gone over to England, had he gone to Spain and played on a reserve team there for a while, or even one of their youth academy teams for for a while? MLS was so desperate for attention at that point that it was a big coup that they got Freddie's signature. But uh, I, I do agree with Freddie that it wasn't handled correctly. Now, that being said... Freddie, after he transferred over to Spain mm-hmm. and then was loaned out and then loaned out and then he cut, loaned keep out. A, yeah, he couldn't keep the same place you know, for could, more than five minutes, I and, swear. And the problem, the personal problem with him was that he would not allow himself to accept reality. And to me, that was where it all started. Yes. He couldn't accept the fact that he wasn't as good as he was hyped up to be. Absolutely. So Now, a player that is as hyped up as he seems to be, though, switching topics, is Didier Drogba, the Ivory Coast legend, arguably the best player to ever wear the orange of Ivory Coast. Absolutely. He, 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 he has been credited with uh, resolve, resolving a civil war in the what? Ivory Coast. Yes. How? Uh, because he, he didn't want to get involved in politics at all, but he finally made a statement to his country of, we need to stop this. Interesting. And that was, I believe that was around the 2010 World Cup. I believe I'd have to go huh. back and look at that, but I know I, that, that sounds that he's about been right because that. he was getting a lot of uh, international press mm-hmm. just around the 2010 World Cup with all the promotions for the World Cup, but also just as a whole. So that would make sense. That would be yeah. the time when it was happened. So, um, but the rumors are, Simon, I feel like every year or every two years, kind of like Carlos Tevez, there's always that random rumor of whether Didier Drogba is coming to Major League Soccer. The current rumor is that he's going to the Chicago Fire, or as the Montreal Impact think, he's going to Montreal. It's amazing, isn't it? I just I, Baxter, I have this feeling that the Fire are once again going to get raked over. You know, they, they were in the running for... Jermaine Jones. Yes. And then uh, Sorry about that. Not sorry. <laughs> and then the league decided, well, we'll just do a random a random I'm doing air quotes right now. Draw and oh, look at that. New England won his rights. Thank you. And now we're seeing that, you know, Garber comes out and says we're gonna have total transparency. We see the fire in total almost the same type of thing that they're the first ones to have put in a claim for Drogba, and now the Impact are the ones who Joey Saputo, the owner, has decided to reach out to Drogba, and yes. they're, they're chatting. So just a tad. I but just, I also heard that Drogba only wanted to play for the Red Bulls. Well, according to his statement uh, recently, was he wants to play for Montreal. Oh, he doesn't want to play for Chicago? Yeah. No. Oh. Why, why would you not go to Chicago? You'd have at least a sliver kind of ish a chance to be a good team. Yeah, right. And Chicago's a nice city. Why do you want to go to Montreal? It is, Chicago is a nice city. It's beautiful. They, they had a decent stadium down there. Yeah, it needs some upgrades already. But, uh, you know, part of the problem is Bridgeview is just 
Yeah. So far away from downtown. Mm-hmm. But that again, you know, the the newer MLS fans may say, "Man, but that was so stupid for them to build it out there." But I'll tell you what, at that point in time, I think that was only the third stadium that was built, and Bridgeview, the city of Bridgeview paid for the entire thing. Really? I mean, if you're and unfortunately, it's also almost bankrupt that town. But if uh, if you're a young professional sports team and you have somebody saying, "Yeah, we'll be we'll build you a uh, eighteen thousand absolutely," stadium, you're not going to say no to no, that. No, I don't care how good or bad your team is. You take that money and go. That so, is fantastic. Yeah, so, so we'll see what happens. We'll see if he actually comes, and we'll see which team he actually signs with. It, it's true. It's absolutely true. It'd be great if he did go to Chicago or Montreal and help build up some of the smaller programs. I guess as it were, sure. they're not as well established. I mean. Why not have him go to Columbus? I think Columbus would have fun with him. Did your Jogba with Columbus with Kai Kamara? Oh I my god, that would be fun. That would be, that that would would be, be a, lot a lot of fun. fun. That'd be entertaining. I'll tell you that. Absolutely, I would pay to go watch that. Um, we'll see what happens though with that. Obviously, MLS rumors always ever changing. You never know exactly. Uh, another thing uh, that has been in the news recently uh, in terms of signings, though, um, for Portland, they have uh, secured the services of a new uh, player, an older DP, though Simon. Uh, an Argentinian player. His name escapes me. Uh, uh, Milano? No, actually, no. He's not older. He's only 22. Oh, no. he's only 22 Why did I years old. He was old. older for some reason because it seems all the DPs these days are ah so over, Lucas, over 35. Lucas Milano. Yeah, he actually uh, Diego Valeri and him. Uh, well, I should say Milano played in Argentina for the same club that Diego Valeri came from. So this is Portland's fifth Argentine that they have signed. I'm sensing uh, a pattern. Yes, and but I love the fact that they went out there and got this 22-year-old. And I will say, as much as people are saying that the, the TAM, the targeted allocation money, the new mechanism that mm-hmm. the league came up with was uh, to help L.A. and Orlando, I can see that, but it's actually these teams with uh, – DPs that are signed on a smaller contract, it's yes. actually going to help those teams out. And we see this with Portland. They were, they were able to buy down uh, Adi's oh, contract, so he's no longer a DP. He's still getting paid the same. Absolutely. But the allocation money, uh, the, the, the TAM that they used on Adi brought him underneath the DP. Interesting. Okay. So, so Portland was able to sign this young 22-year-old. Good for them. Going against the grain of the old man DP, uh, 22-year-old Milano. Good for them. They deserve that. And... Um We'll see. What, what position does he play? He's in? a striker. He's which a striker. Which, which Ooh, Portland needs. Okay. Gives them some depth now. Uh, I, I don't know much about this guy. Obviously, I don't think – I think anybody who says they religiously follow the Argentine League is probably kidding themselves. Everybody knows Boca Juniors, and that's about it. Maybe yes. River Plate. That's uh, about it, yeah, at the most. But I've watched this guy's highlight reel, and it's – it's pretty fantastic. Now it is a highlight reel. Yes, but nevertheless, he's he's got some. The fact that he's still moves. able to score goals and produce a highlight reel says the fact that he is doing well from where he's coming from. Um, unfortunately, though, so we'll see what happens with Portland uh, as we continue to scoot yes. through our as we uh, scoot through our MLS news section right now before we get into our power rankings and predictions in our next segment. Uh, a bit of unfortunate news coming from the S team up in the Cascadia I, I'll, region. I'll say Seattle today okay, because, because it is bad news. It is bad news. It's it's nothing that you ever hope for. I'll, no. let, I'll let you share the news. Well, the news that has come out recently is that very well-known midfielder Marco Papa uh, was unfortunately arrested for a DUI, uh, possibly needing to enter substance, the substance abuse program depending on what the league investigation comes out to be. Uh, I'm glad that Major League Soccer has been able to kind of get their act together and say, hey, we're not going to stand for this, not like the NFL or NBA right. or even MLB for that sake, where they're, oh, you had a DOI. Nah, 
you're fine. You know, right. here's, the, here's right. a small fine. Exactly. Pay to say we did something. But they're actually going to do, MLS is going to do a lot more background research to figure out what exactly is going on with this. You can complain a lot about MLS. You can complain a lot about their weird financial rules that they have. Yes. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I, I give the league much kudos because they've always been resilient when it comes to substance abuse. When the whole steroid scandal started with baseball, uh, you know, steroids were not a thing in soccer. Yet the league did find that one of the goalkeepers for the New York Metro Stars at that time, mm. New York, New Jersey Metro Stars at yes. that time, he he got caught doing steroids. Seven-game ban right off the bat. Good. Uh, actually, no, 10-game. Oh, it was a 10-game ban. Better. And Garber had said, yeah, the first one is, is a 10-game ban. If they get caught again, it's it's up to us, but it's more than likely a lifetime ban. Perfect. You know, and they lived up to that because then they, they caught the goalkeeper doing steroids and, and he was banned for 10 games. Wow. And now we see with this as well, you know, Marco Papa, understandably, Seattle, I shouldn't say, under, I should never say understandably when it comes to the DUI. Absolutely but But what, that understandably was going to be connected to me saying that he's he's having a tough time. You know, Guatemala drops out of the Gold Cup unceremoniously. Uh, Seattle's not been doing well. No. Probably having a bad night and made a very poor decision to get behind the wheel. After drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so the league wants to look into this and see if this is this is a deeper cause. Apparently, I don't know how they would know this, but there's some suspic- sus- uh, suspicions that this is not an unusual thing. thing for him. Yes, that Interesting. Thing. Yeah. But I guess losing to Colorado 1-0 would do that to you that, as well. That's, I would yeah. drive most people to drink. Yeah. If they yeah. Don't. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, now I, I'm glad that Major League Soccer is taking the right approach to – hopefully relieve this issue. Hopefully if Papa does have issues, they can go and hopefully help him get the needed help that he does yeah, you know, it, to make him better. And it's, you know, for the fans of Seattle, this is of course another tough thing. They've, they've had a lot of players out. I mean, Dempsey's out on, on gold cup leave. Martins has been injured. Now Papa's gone and the team has not been doing well. So it's, that's the honest truth about it. It is. That's so, the you know, for, truth. for you Seattle fans from this Timbers guy, my heart does go out to you a bit, and Marco Papa, I hope you get things straightened out. Absolutely. Well, we're going to straighten something up between us. Uh, it is our 50-50 segment time. Uh, an interesting topic. Uh, last week we talked about the All-Star Game, and we were broadcasting from the MKE Barons tailgate at Miller Park. Which and we were happy to see. It was a lot of fun out there. That was great. So thanks again, Barons, for having us out there, and James Moran. Absolutely. But uh, we're happy to see with the All-Star picks that, that yeah, Giovico is on there, Kai Kamara. Chris Tierney for Chris the Tierney. New England Revolution. For those of you watching on Periscope, I'm wearing my New England Revolution shirt. And, and let me point out, too, I'm still wearing the colors, all right? So I'm, I'm not jumping off, folks. I'm still a U.S. He's got, fan. He's got the U.S. Jer- <laughs> you know the U.S. shirt on. I was a bit surprised when I opened the door. I was like, "All right, wearing the U.S. shirt." You know, you know, give him a, give him a small clap for that. So, uh, but we still support our teams through thick and thin. And especially, I have to as a Revolution fan. We did finally get a victory though against NYC. Yes, so yes. We'll, we'll talk about that in the next segment. But uh, this week, Simon, what are we talking about for our fifty-fifty segment? Well, we are talking about the Concacaf Gold Cup to uh, link this up to the first segment. Seems fitting. Yeah, should CONCACAF continue playing the Gold Cup in so many different cities? Oh, okay. They used to not do that. The first the first Gold Cup, of course, it was very poorly attended, mm-hmm. but it was all in uh, L.A. And um, sorry, one second there. We were in L.A. Uh, that was L.A. I was at the Rose Bowl and the L.A. Coliseum. That was it. And then the that okay. was 1991, which the U.S. shocked <gasps> CONCACAF and won. Wow. Uh, and then 93... I think that was played in Dallas and Mexico City, something like that. It was oh, just a couple of cities. Interesting. Um, yeah, this this third edition was the only one in which 
at least one of the games was played outside of the U.S. The hmm. 2015. This was only the third time that was up in uh, in Canada this year. But anyways, uh, so so at some point, I believe it was the I think the 2000. Seven Gold Cup, if I'm rem- remembering this correctly. I'm trying to put my old man hat on again. <laughs> that was when CONCACAF said, you know, we could probably make a lot more money by having every single round, based, or not every round, but every double header in a different city. So they started going to 13 different cities. I did not count to see how many there were this year, but that's what we're debating. Should the Gold Cup be in so many different cities, or should it be... More centrally located, or not centrally located, but at least be more in one place. All right. So we will have 45 seconds on the clock for each of us. Uh, the way it works is we each take one side of the argument. Um, okay, sorry. I, I thought there was a second goal that was scored. but maybe So last not. week we were distracted by fans coming up to yes. us. Now we're distracted by We're trying to keep track the, of the uh, Panama game. But, see, it was weird because there, for on CONCACAF's like, update, there was a second goal, but now it's gone. Is that right? Maybe it was called back. It might have been. Boy, it would be nice if this game was actually on an actual channel that we could just tune in and watch. You know, like Fox Sports 1, maybe? Or just, you know, Fox or ABC or CBS. It was kind of uh, amazing that the first game, the U.S.-Jamaica game, was not on Fox itself. Yeah. After all the Women's World Cup stuff. Right. I was really happy, by the way, on a side note, that, you know, 90% of the tournament was on Fox. All the U.S. games except for one was on Fox, which is very well done. And who'd have guessed it? The numbers for viewership are up. Just like they have been on Fox wow! Sports 1 with the Gold Cup. That's amazing what happens when you put it on a normal television station for everyone to watch. You know what's a bummer? Boy, we haven't even gotten to our 50-50 We yet. haven't yet. It's fine. I predicted the U.S. women would not win the World Cup. They win the World Cup. So last show I went out on a limb and said, okay, you know what? U.S. is going to win the Gold Cup. And that's what happened. The moral of the story is I will never predict a U.S. team winning so a can, tournament ever I'll again. I'll never take you to Vegas because... I just need you to, like, not, you right. know. You'll bet a dollar and win a million, basically, is what right. it'll end up happening to be. Got it. Okay, as long as I got the system figured out. But I, I think we're ready for the, uh, for, again, for real, though, with the 50-50 segment. So for those of you that have, have short-term memory loss like myself, we'll go through again and say <laughs> we're debating on whether or not CONCACAF should continue with playing the Gold Cup in so many different cities around, the, around North America. All right, so 45 seconds on the clock. Who's going um, first? Um... I went first last week. I I will go first. So Simon's up first this week. Ready and go. Once again, I talked about this way back when about how CONCACAF needs to take off the training wheels. I realize it's a financial gain to have this in so many different cities. At the same time, it's too much travel. It's too many stadiums. Michael Bradley came out and said, and I mean this in a heartfelt way, that this tournament is ridiculous, meaning the amount of travel, the amount of cities they play in, the way that the fields are basically almost all temporary. I think it's time to go back. The tournament is popular enough and actually may be more popular to have cities bid for this. Not single cities, but perhaps regions. You know, Milwaukee, Chicago, a Midwest region, a Pacific Northwest region. Maybe Mexico or Canada wants to bid for it. Maybe the Caribbean gets together. So I think it's, it's time that forget about the money, forget about the commercialization because it'll be there anyways. Time's up for Simon. All right, so a good good argument from him. Quick sc- check here, the scores to the 1-0 Panama. All right, sorry, continue. That's right, 80th minute, by the way. 80th minute, Panama holding on. We'll see. We'll Ten-man we'll Panama. The game has been paused. The referee was giving... Oh, he was giving an official warning. Okay, sorry, continue. All right, Baxter. Well, I said, no, it shouldn't continue in so many different cities. So I'm interested to hear what you have to say. All right. Shall we go? Yes, please. Tweet, tweet. All right, well, obviously my opinion is yes. I think they should continue to have it in multiple cities, but... 
they need to tweak it just a little bit. I feel like for some of the group games, if you're going to have all the nations, I feel like you need to play in some sort of a location where all the countries involved are going to be able to have fans travel to the games. Yes, I know Canada's kind of the odd man out, but having the tournament in, in, I would say, the south half of the United States would probably be the smartest. Sure, throw a game in Mexico if you really want to, but you've got Texas, you've got Florida, you've got some of those other big cities in those states that even if the people from the Caribbean want to come over and watch their teams, they don't have to travel to Vancouver, they don't have to travel to New York to go to those games. Keep the keep doing it in multiple cities, but my recommendation is do it more so in the south. And 45 seconds. All right. That's that's an inter- interesting concept, too, because then, of course, you're you're cheating out some other cities that could... You are, yes, but it. I feel like the South is where a vast majority of the teams that would be coming into the United States to play, you know, that's closer for them. Sure. Here. You know, ultimately, what I'd love to see is, it's kind of what I said, though, is have this tournament move around. Not always have it in the U.S. It's actually a disservice to the U.S. men's national team to always be playing their regional tournament at home, basically. I suppose, not yeah. That, not that opportunity for growth. I don't know growth. if you want to have a full tournament in Mexico, though. Well, that's what I'm saying. Mix it, you know, maybe you have, uh, like, Switzerland and Belgium hosted the Euros together. That's true. You know, something yeah. like that. Oh, fair enough. All right, well, we're going to go to another break. When we come back, we're going to dive into our power rankings for Major League Soccer as well as our predictions and look back at the week that was in Major League Soccer. This is Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. Welcome back to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Welcome back in studio as we are talking mostly about the Gold Cup. But now we've done all our Gold Cup talking. Uh, We are still closely following the Panama-Mexico game, the other semifinal game. Panama still currently up 1-0 in the the 84th minute. Dyslexia is a wonderful thing. Uh, our new, new, new. What is the the number version of dyslexia? I don't my, know. My wife ran me through all of know. these one time because I said it for dyslexia for numbers, and she's like, "No, actually, it's this." And she yeah. ran me through it all. And well, you know, I, I think I, I was so heated in the first segment, Baxter, that you've probably heard me stumble more than I usually do in this in this last segment. So I want to apologize for that as well. It, it's all right. It happens. <laughs> it happens. It happens. You're you're upset, kind of like a Concacaf referee going <laughs> yellow card crazy. Uh, it happens. It happens to the best of us. So we just kind of move on and laugh about it. but uh, So we want to talk about the U.S. Open Cup a little bit quickly before we jump into uh, more league play. 
So uh, in this last week, Simon, we've seen some very interesting games in the U.S. Open Cup. We saw RSL take out the Galaxy 1-0 last Tuesday night, July 14th. Um, and see, uh, let's see, other U.S. Open Cup action. Well, we saw uh, New York. This was yesterday. New York actually lost to Philadelphia on PKs. 4-3. 4-3 on PKs, yeah. Um, <laughs> I believe it was two, the first two kicks for New York they missed, if I remember that correctly. This was at Red Bull Arena, too. This was at Red Bull Arena. It sure was. Um, so, and, and Philly was down a man as well. What? So it was That's just sad. You're better than that, New York. Get your act together. And I guess New York looked like they were they were dominating. I think they scored within the first four minutes of this game. Wow. So to to end up uh end up losing, losing all the way. On yeah. Kicks. yeah. But you know what? Philly Philly they, they pulled the same kind of thing last year in the open cup. So here they are again. Philadelphia is to the U.S. Open Cup, but Montreal Impact are to the CONCACAF Champions League. That's, right. That's basically right. what it comes down to. And I, I saw a, a meme on social media the day it was Philadelphia Union during the regular season. It was like a little like VW bug. And then Philadelphia Union during the U.S. Open Cup, and it was a nice Ferrari. I was you know, like, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. And that's, you know, it's not unusual for Open Cup play to be that way. You have teams like Philly who maybe not be doing as well in league to then prioritize the cup that they're in, this year being the uh, U.S. Open Cup. We said that happened in England, too, you know, that some teams, mm-hmm. Absolutely. they decide early on, actually, ah, we don't want the distraction of the FA Cup, yep. so we're, we're not going to really take it that seriously. That's true. And then you see teams like Arsenal, who that's the only cup they have an opportunity to win, so that they put it <laughs> All, all their right, eggs in the right. basket. Like, we want at least one right. cup. The disappointing thing, I will say, um, is that I, th- I would love to see more MLS teams take this more seriously. And I, I will say I think we are seeing that. But the main reason is this is one of the easiest tickets into the CONCACAF Champions League. Mm-hmm. So make this a priority, MLS teams. There's, there's Yes, they're extra games. I get that. But you're also not entering until the fourth round. Of play, yeah, they've got it fairly easy, honestly. And and we're seeing we're seeing teams year after year that are taking it seriously, like mm-hmm. Sporting Kansas City. You know, once again, they're they're running deep in the tournament. Philadelphia Union. We did see L.A. lose to RSL, which again I'm not surprised about because Galaxy is usually one of those teams. I mean, last year Bruce Arena didn't even travel to uh, North Carolina when they played the Rail. I was going to say you mentioned that I feel like a few episodes ago when we were talking about the U.S. Open Cup early stages. And you're like, well, Bruce Arena didn't even travel, but the man that continues to be lights out for Sporting Kansas City is Dom Dwyer. Yeah, I mean, the he man keeps scoring goals. Keeps scoring goals. He scored. This week as well in league play, so it's, uh, Sporting Sporting has had a nice run of play here. Absolutely. So we'll see uh, the Chicago Fire also getting a victory, three to one. Now uh, that just that game just wrapping up tonight, they beat Orlando City. So not bad from Orlando City in their first uh, Open Cup as a Major League Soccer team, making it relatively far. But they lose three one to the Chicago Fire. So Chicago will take on Philadelphia in the next round, and we will see. Uh, what becomes of that game? Early prediction, Union and Fire in that game. How do you feel about it? Uh, let's see. You know, I'm, it's hard for me to pick the Fire with the way they're playing right now. Um, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to. I'm going I'm to pick Chicago for this one. Chicago over Philly. And then the other side of it, you have RSL and Sporting Kansas City. That'll be a fun game. But Sporting Kansas City, you can't deny how well they're playing. Sporting Kansas City has I've, my vote. I've got Sporting with you. And I'm actually going to go one more step and, and say that Sporting is going to win this whole thing. Will they go for the treble this year? Oh, they have an opportunity to do so. They do. 
very much do. They do. They are not first in the league, but they are taking the proper steps to become first in the league. They're just yeah. a few shots out, I feel like. Well, and I think it's really, I mean, they've got games in hand as well. They do. If, if, we, if we're looking at the standings. Because of U.S. Open Cup play. Right. And, you know, the games in hand thing, hey, it didn't work out for Seattle the past couple of years. That was always their big thing is, well, we've got games in hand. But then they would tend to go on a seven-game winless streak. Yeah. Well, see, Sporting um, has only played 18 games this year. They're, the, they have, they're tied for second fewest games that have been played. Montreal is the only team that has played fewer games with 17 games as a whole. But Sporting sitting at fifth overall. But with 33 points, and yeah. we're looking at Supporter Shield, we we see FC Dallas and DC United tied at 35. FC Dallas has two games in hand. But if if Sporting were to win their next two games, well, now they're now they're top of the Supporter Shield table. Ah, and um, we haven't found out the result of this yet. But yet, but there was a handball in the box by Roman Torres in the penalty area. The referee. Has oh given, boy! The referee gives a penalty. Uh, for Panama and Mexico, the game has been paused. The referee shows a yellow card to Adolfo Macedo. So this might be taking a very drastic turn of events shortly here. Uh, apologies for stepping away from MLS, but this is kind of a big deal. This here. is a big deal. So it'd be great to see this game happening and unfolding live in front of us, but instead we have to rely on the CONCACAF website and Twitter, which is actually sometimes more reliable. Um, right. Let's see here. Mexico fans pelt the Panamanian bench with beer. A Panama player throws a few a field board back. Another threw back a cup. Insanity. Penalty penalty for El Tri in the 89th minute. No update on whether nothing uh, it's been has been. This is Atlanta's fault. People on Twitter are just. <laughs> Not happy at all with Atlanta as a whole. Oh, we see somebody posting that there's no way that was a PK, though. So, hey, once again, CONCACAF. Somebody there just posted, I hate CONCACAF. <laughs> Sorry, I really well, don't you know, think it's, it's a penalty. Very ugly scene down the Georgia Dome and the fallout of the penalty call. Everyone should be ashamed. Ugly in Atlanta. Are we going to take this penalty kick anytime soon here? Like, just Twitter itself is just not happy, especially when it comes to Mexico as a whole and these calls that these uh, calls that are being made. Pete CONCACAF, people are saying, if I'm Panama, I'd be upset is a nicer way to say Herrera, it. Herrera, Mexican players pleading with their fans to stop throwing projectiles onto the field. No, no, no. Mexico should not accept this penalty. Well, you can't accept it or not. Quietly looking for stadium exits if this game gets out of hand. People, media that are in the booth are trying to possibly get out sooner. Oh, Mark Geiger is the ref. He was the American that uh, made it to the World Cup as a referee. Interesting. Oh, man. CONCACAF. Yeah, people are just not thrilled. It's You know, without seeing it, I guess I really can't have an opinion. But yeah, we're waiting for a video to come through here on Twitter. But from It's what also we're not seeing, surprising. Well, there's a there's picture. There's a picture of chaos. Just fa- look at this. Players, coaches, beer being thrown everywhere, players retaliating to the crowd. Wow. Quite the scene in Atlanta tonight. Fox, you got to put these games on a channel that most people have, at least Fox Sports 1. Yeah. There's the controversial penny call. Oh, oh it just passed back, you by. We have a video on there. Uh, let's see here. So anyway, you know, I will say while you're looking this stuff up, though, CONCACAF, you, if you want to be taken seriously, you got to put a stop to this. Joe Corona, no comment. I, I don't care who, which team it is, when the fans are acting out of hand, you see UEFA do something about it. You see them tell teams, oh, you know what, your next home game, you got to play in your own stadium. 
without fans. That's what's got to happen here. Oh, that's nice. so the so the Panamanian player fell backwards onto the ball, and Mark Geiger is calling that a penalty in the 89th minute. Can you say Concacaf? Absolutely, Concacaf. This is a joke when you continue to do things like this. When when you have referees that are making absolutely ridiculous calls. The one th- going back to the fifty fifty segment. The yes. one thing I will say. The one thing about continually hosting it in the U.S. It takes away at least the opportunity for more bribery. Yes, which is know? nice. That's the one thing you can kind of count on is that there won't be as much bribery. Um, gosh, I'm, I apologize. I'm just super distracted because I want to know what's going on. People are having well, it's a mess. Fit it's, with it's, it. It's, it's an mess. absolute it's, fit. It's Concacaf. It's a mess. It is. So hopefully there'll be a penalty taken sometime before the time expires because they have now wasted almost five. They've wasted five minutes of game time right now because of this chaos that is going on in Atlanta. It's almost hard to go back to MLS. You know, after seeing the way the U.S. played tonight, after seeing that ridiculous call of a penalty kick against Costa Rica, now seeing this ridiculous call of a PK against Panama. It's almost like you just want to throw your hands up in the air and say, I'm done. I'm yeah. done with CONCACAF. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. And it's it's moments like this. You knew it was going to happen. And there were uh, even things on Twitter that were, you know, early in the game saying, well, when is this controversial penalty kick going to come for Mexico kick? When's it going to come? When's it going to come? And Kobe sure Jones. Enough, looks like it's another last-minute bailout from Mexico. Let's see. We'll see. We have yet to receive any uh, whether or not this will be scored or not. But... This would be huge. If Panama can make a save, get that ball goalkeeper and just blast it upfield. Well, and Mexico knows that that was not. You, you didn't see any single Mexican player pleading for a PK no. call. The guy fell down. If you don't know where the ball is, you cannot call it a PK. You cannot call it a handball. I guess you can in Mark Geiger's mind, but that's a shame too because he had such a great performance at the World Cup. Yes. It seems like ever he since did, he's he did returned, such a great job. He's, he's, been, he's been horrible. So once again, though, we see that we see the fix is in. It doesn't matter, you know, as far as ticket sales, they're sold out already for that for that championship. Oh, Sunday. absolutely. So you don't you don't need to guarantee Mexico a spot in that final Concacaf. That's nope. all I'm saying. Call absolutely. me a conspiracy theorist again, but like I said at the top of the show, when it happens over and over and over, it's not a conspiracy anymore. No, it becomes a fact. Not. It becomes a fact. It becomes almost a tradition. You just there you know. Go. And the fact that there was so much going on like with people just saying as a whole. Oh, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? People were waiting for it to happen. They knew it was going to happen, and now it has happened. So Mexico getting a controversial call, waiting to still see if this PK will ever be taken. Twitter is enraged right now. Apparently the the Mexican commentators are urging that whoever takes to whoever's taking the PK to please miss in the name of fair play. The really? Mexican commentators are saying that. Wow. I wonder who's going to take it. That's the real question. Right. Huh. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We're still waiting to hear. Uh, we were talking about sporting Kansas City, though, Simon. <laughs> uh, I don't even want to talk about it right now because I just want to know what the heck is going to happen. Right. Somebody's joking that there's going to be about 40 minutes of extra time added on to this game since we've been waiting for, you know, about, you know, seven to eight minutes right now. I'll tell you what, Baxter. How about we do this? Yes. How about we just jump to our power rankings? That's let's, probably let's, a let's focus on bet. something positive. That's a good idea. 
I would agree with that. So in, in case you uh, didn't listen into us last week or forgot how we're doing this now, we're, we're not giving you just two upfront power rankings. We're each giving our top five. Uh, we, we have a little bit of a different spin on what the power rankings mean. Mm-hmm. And we thought, you know, instead of always uh, having to compromise, losing sleep over having to compromise, let's just throw out our top five. Let's see where they land. Uh, we don't really talk about this too much before the show. We may... We may give each other hints or, smidge, or whatnot. Yeah, not right. much, though. Uh, or we may let each other know what our rankings are, but not why. So we uh, we have our own power rankings, and we, we do our top five, and we just go back and forth talking about Absolutely. this. Absolutely. So uh, starting at number five, uh, my number five is a new one to the, to the group, uh, to our power rankings as a whole. I don't think they've ever been ranked in our power rankings. My number five is the Colorado Rapids. They're on a three-game win streak. They just beat the Seattle Sounders 1-0. I called it last week. They were my prediction to win that game. I think yes. you predicted it as well. Colorado, it's about time that they get rewarded for their success. Yeah. yeah. They, are they going to make a run at the playoffs? Probably not. But the fact that they've won three in a row recently. And the only reason they're not you know, going to is because they're in the West. Absolutely. You can't, it's, yeah. Every team in the West, I believe, at this point, would make the playoffs if the season ended today and there was a straight table. But anyways, my number five, uh, it's who it was last week. I'm staying with the New York Red Bulls. Okay. They had, a nice, they had a nice 2-0 win away at Orlando. Uh, why wouldn't I move them up because of that? Well, they play in the East, and the team that I have above them plays in the West. And I'm at the point now in the season where I'm going to give those West teams a little more of a bump because of how strong the Western Conference uh, yeah, is. Yeah, that's very true. Um, let's see. Number four for me, my uh, number one team from last week has dropped. Really? Sporting Kansas City is my four this week. So why'd you drop them even though that they... They uh, beat Montreal 1-0. Um, yeah, or two to one. Two to one. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Two to one. Uh, I liked the way they played. I thought Dom Dwyer getting on the score sheet was great. But the three teams I have ahead of them have been building bigger momentum recently. And my, my number three team, which we'll get to in a little bit, has been playing lights out soccer, and I felt that they deserved to be higher up in the rankings this week. All right. Well, my number four is your number five, the Colorado Rapids. There you go. Last week I had Portland in that slot. Uh, they drew with Vancouver. They need to do much better than that. And with other teams winning, you're going to fall out of my own personal ranking. So I'd say I have Portland at maybe a number six, maybe a number seven. Uh, but instead I have Colorado then. And, uh, yes, you heard that correctly, Colorado at number four in my And, again, for the same reason, three wins in a row. I had them at about a number six yesterday or last week. Um, I felt with that three wins in a row, I can no longer hold back, especially with a historic 1-0 win at Seattle, their first win at Sealink. You're going to jump up to number four. You were pointing that. I uh, was, yeah. There was here. a tweet that just came out. Um, the penalty kick is being lined up right now. It'll be Guardado versus Pinedo, so we'll see what happens with that. But, uh, yeah, and they scored. So Mexico has tied it, and it is one-to-one and more than likely going into extra time. Look at that. But the um, Univision announcers are calling for Panama to leave the field and for the Mexican coach Herrera to resign. Wow. Oof, oof, oof. oof. So now that they have scored, it is 1-1. We'll see what happens. You know, it is a shame. I, I it, it hasn't happened often, but I've seen it where – Teams know that it was an unjust call, and they've actually missed the penalty. I have seen that as well. Yep. And you would like to have seen, after seeing the replay, man, hard done, hard done. Mark Geiger, that's a travesty. Absolutely. 
All right, so you had SKC as your number four team. I did. Um, I've kept them at number three. They were they were number three last week as well. Okay. Uh, yes, it's their eighth straight win at home across all competitions. If we're including the uh, U.S. Open Cup, and we talked about how they had their quarterfinal win, quarterfinal win over Houston. Yes. Uh, but the game itself, the way they played, it was it was not that great. It's Fun to see Dom Dwyer coming back to life, scoring his sixth goal on the season. And I add you to he's fun to he's fun to watch, but I'm not going to bump him up. I'm also not going to bump him up though, uh, because my top two are going to stay the same. Speaking of which, who's your number three though? My number three is it should be called Kai Kamara. The Kai Kamaras <laughs> are number three for me. No, the Columbus Crew are number three for me this week. Uh, they have played absolute lights out play. They had to play the Chicago Fire twice this week, both in league play. Played them back-to-back times, beat them both times. They have continued to rise. Kai Kamara making the MLS All-Star team, rightfully so. Ethan Finley, the league leader in assists, doing very, very well from his perspective. They've only lost one game over the last uh, six games. They've only lost one game. They've drawn one of those games. Uh, That one loss coming to the Montreal Impact, so it's a little questionable about that loss, but... Like I'm trying to apply more of what you said yeah, last yeah, week. Sure, you know, it's sure. the teams that are hot now, not sure. necessarily how they've done the season. But Colorado as a whole has been decent throughout the season, not not great. Uh, Colorado sits currently though at I'm sorry, Columbus, not Colorado. Columbus currently sits at second in the Eastern Conference with 30 points, which, as you know, 30 points in the East is like you know ninth place in the West. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I get what you're saying about Columbus. My thing is, is that their two game winning streak, their two, their current two game winning streak, is a two game winning streak over Chicago Fire. Uh, that's just a poor team right now. So I, I personally can't put the crew that high. Like I said, I've got them in maybe sixth or seventh. They're kind of in that same place with Portland for me. But uh, so I got Sporting at third. You've got Columbus at th- uh, third. So our number two. I'm going to have you introduce your number two. My number two <laughs> is the wonderful and talented FC Dallas. And why FC Dallas? You were so against them. Being... I was. I was. I was. Uh, they have actually, yes, they've played well. They're on a four-game win streak. They're on a, uh, they've only lost one game over the last seven games. Uh, that one loss coming back uh, six games ago when they lost 3-0 to the Seattle Sounders. But FC Dallas, Houston Dynamo 2-0, New England Revolution 3-0, Orlando City 2-0, and now they just beat the East leading, quotes, DC right. United sure. 2-1. Sure. Take it for what it's worth, FC Dallas playing well, playing good soccer, showing that they're capable of doing uh, big things. Big things, yeah. You know, it's boy, they're a streaky team this year, though. Absolutely. You know, they That's started. That's why I've out, had such a hard time. Sure, they they started out hot on the season, then they went through a, a pretty desperate run of uh, winless games. Ninetieth <laughs> minute plus twelve. They're in the thirteenth <laughs> minute of extra time right now. Thirteenth. <laughs> um, but uh, I've still have them at my number two, and it's simple. They I had them at number two last week. They won. The team above them. One as well, so my number two and my number one stay the same. Yep, and, and the same for me. Well, my number one is the same as your number yes, one. Yes, the so. LA Galaxy. So How they, crazy is their goal-scoring feats right now? And Stevie G! Stevie G! his first goal. In his first official Maybe. MLS regular season game. I loved it. I mean, they were down 2-0 to San Jose. Yes. Then just went on a barrage. Destruction for the rest of the match. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest with you, Baxter. I couldn't feel more confident in my number one. Absolutely. No, I, I completely agree with that one, too. So we both have Galaxy at one. We both have Dallas at two. I've got Sporting at three. 
I do, who are your outsiders looking in? Because I have three. Right. Well, like I said, I've got Portland because they were my number four. They, they've made some defensive mistakes. If they correct those and start winning games, they're easily back in. Yes. Um, and then Columbus Crew also, uh, they're on a two-game win streak. Like I said, that was against the Fire. So I'm not totally sold on them yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, they're second in the East, but as I said as well, it's the East. It's the East. Yeah, so, no, it's very true. So I've got I've got Columbus and Portland looking in. How about you? I have the Red Bulls, the Timbers, and Toronto FC looking in. All right, Toronto so, FC so not is, too far off. Yeah, uh, two East teams, one West team. I think that Toronto has started to play relatively good. Yes, Toronto has only won two games out of their last six, but they've but those two draws they had was a zero zero against DC United. They lost four zero to the Galaxy, then they went four four against NYC FC. And then a two-win victory against a rising Philadelphia Union. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can definitely see them being uh, on the outside looking in for yes, sure. Absolutely. So the the second half of Panama Mexico has finally come to a close. Uh, it is one to one. They're going to go to extra time after 14 added minutes of stoppage time because of all the chaos and corruption. So as they go to a another, as they go to the end of their game, we are going to go to a break. Uh, And when we come back, we will have much more to offer for you. Uh, This is Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. Welcome back to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. A very interesting show thus far. We've talked about the Gold Cup, the chaos as it's unraveled in Mexico, Panama, the United States, losing to Jamaica 2-1. We just offered our power rankings, and now we are going to offer our predictions for the upcoming 
MLS week of action. You know, we were going to call this the Gold Cup semifinal review show. I think it should be the the Gold Cup distracted show. Honestly, we probably were as about distracted as you know there was. There was 17 minutes of injury time that were recorded before the penalty kick was finally taken. So it is one-one Panama Mexico going into extra time now. So they'll get two. So we got at least right at least thirty more minutes to play. Maybe Panama pulls it out. But I'll that tell you great. what: to be down a man for another thirty minutes after having played hundred and five minutes of soccer already, or whatever you want to call it tonight, that's going to be a tough task for Panama. Absolutely. All right. Well, it is time to offer our predictions for the upcoming week of Major League Soccer action, starting with Friday night. RSL versus Sporting Kansas City before they take each other on in the Open Cup in another month. They will take each other on on the field. I have Sporting Kansas City waiting this game, Simon. I'm, I am going to go with a draw. It's at Real Salt Lake. I know you hate me taking draws, but... You called your Portland-Vancouver game a draw last week. You got that one oh, right. Oh, I did. I forgot you that. got that right. That. Okay. I was like, of course you got yeah. this one. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to go with, I'm gonna go with a, a draw on this one. Fair enough. If I had if I had to pick one side, I'd actually I would side with you with Sporting, but it's a it's a team traveling from Kansas out into the mountain region, so it's a ten o'clock start time for us, which means that's uh, a late game for it's Sporting. A, yes, that's true. It is. You it's know? a ten o'clock start for us. So yeah, it's an eight o'clock. Well, yeah, right. Yeah. It's a well, it's a probably I, it's the a mountain nine. time. Some some of the states use daylight savings time, some yes. don't. Um, but anyways, I think it's nine o'clock there, so it's it's going to feel an hour earlier for Rail Salt Lake than it does for Sporting. I used that logic once before, and that made me correct. Uh, but I also think Sporting cancels that out by being the team that they are. So I'm going to go with uh, a draw. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, moving along. Columbus and Toronto FC. That's a fun game. To the Trillium Cup or something like that. Whatever it's called. They have a cup. They do. Yeah. Why? The Trillium Cup because their fans hated each other at the get go. It was Why? quite interesting. It, yeah, they just did. There was a, the, the I don't first, understand that one. The first game that Toronto played at Crew Stadium, there yes. were TFC fans ripping seats out, <laughs> throwing them out of the pitch. Are you kidding? Yeah, it was like the first form of hooligism. Hula, hooligism? Hooligism? Hooliganism? Yeah, whatever it is. That was, uh, we saw that happen. There were shenanigans happening. Shenan- That's all yes. it was. You darn kids, you. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Columbus crew. Uh, I got Columbus. I got Columbus winning this game as well. Seattle and Montreal. I'm honestly inclined to say Montreal. At this I point am as how well. Poor Seattle's been playing. I am as well. I'm going. I am picking Montreal Look without a doubt. Absolutely, Chicago and the New England Revolution. I'm going to have to say the Revolution for some sort sure, of reason. Sure, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I will. I will pick the Fire. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I didn't pick the last week was the only week I didn't pick the Revolution, and they won. But I'm going to take the Revolution. Okay, this week. they've All got right. confidence. They're coming back, baby. <laughs> I believe in the Revolution. Uh, Houston Dynamo and the LA Galaxy. This one's too easy of a pick for me. That it scares it? me. I'm going to go with LA. Okay, yeah, that's who I've got winning this game also. Uh, and the FC Dallas and Portland. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this game. Yeah, this is tough. They're playing in Dallas. Uh, Portland, they've done okay on the road this year, but the way Dallas is playing, it's it's hard not to pick them. So I'm going to go with an FC Dallas win. On Understandable. This one. Yeah, FC Dallas is going to have to get my vote for this game as well. The expansion clubs taking each other on, New York and Orlando. 
a game featured on Fox Sports 1 on Sunday. NYCFC has got my vote for this one. Same with me. Understandable. D.C. United and Philly. Oh, this is actually a that'll tough game. That'll be a game. fun game. Yeah, that'll be fun. It's a tough pick. You know, if this was week two, I'm picking D.C. United. But I'm actually going to pick the Philadelphia it Union. It pains me to say it, but I'm going to have to take Philly also in this game. I love. We're just very much in sync this week. Vancouver yeah. and San Jose. Huh. Mm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's a fun game. They don't have Darren Maddox, obviously, because he's up at. Mm-hmm. He's going to be playing in the Gold Cup final yep. on Sunday for Jamaica. Uh, but Vancouver still gets my vote for this. And game. Vancouver's still playing well. I mean, they did go to Portland. They they scored that. Uh, they scored that draw with Portland. Ah, this is a tough one for me, Baxter. I, well, you know what happens when they're tough for me. You go for a draw. I'm going to go for a draw. Why not? Should we do the? Uh, let's let's do some All Star picks. What the heck? Why not? So the All-Stars, we got the, the MLS, MLS homegrown. homegrown versus Club America U20. I'm picking the homegrowns. The homegrowns. Yes. Yeah, I, I'd like to see Landon Donovan get a victory and sure. then him get promoted to the national team head coach. <laughs> I would like that a lot. Well, what's interesting about this is Club America had actually gone after Landon Donovan for many years. They wanted to sign him as yeah. a player. Yeah. Um, so maybe they'll end up signing him as a coach after this. <laughs> that would be funny. That would be very, very funny. And then the All-Stars taking on Harry Kane and the Tottenham Hotspurs. We didn't talk much about the All-Star game this show. This probably would have been a smart idea, but we'll just we'll have a review show next week when we talk about it. But uh, that game is Wednesday night. Go watch it. It's on Fox Sports 1 uh, and Unimas, TSN, MLS Live, whatever the heck RDS is, probably some British thing. Go watch it. It's 8, a, uh, 8 p.m. Central at uh, in Colorado, mm-hmm. so go check it out. It'll be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I always enjoy watching the All-Star Games. I do, even though I made the argument that I think it needs to be tweaked a bit. I still have fun watching them. Absolutely. And I do think the MLS All-Stars are going to pull this one out. I think so, too. Tottenham's not as good as people think they are. I mean, even Tottenham's probably not even sure how good they are. Harry Kane, how long before we see him get shipped off to a bigger club? Right, yes, yes, yes. Raheem Sterling, did you see he came out and apologized for Did he finally? Well, good. he kind of apologized. He I said, know. I wish it hadn't gone down like it did. Well, maybe he should have been more of a man about it. <laughs> well, exactly. That's kind of my... There, there was one person who had control of that situation. That was all him. I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> sure right. you are. I'm not going right. to travel with the team because I'm sick. Sure you are. Sure well, you are. Well, shall we play the music for the final segment of our show? I believe we shall. Uh, that was good. That was good. All right, for those of you that don't know, that means it is time for our I Believe segment. And the way that works is Simon and I both make an I Believe claim about something in the soccer world. Uh, For an example, we would use something like, I believe that the new Nike soccer balls will be the best soccer ball. That's a horrible (laughs) example, but you get the general concept. I I actually really like the gold gold cup balls. I love them. I think the Premier League is going to be using some version of them because these are Nike's new balls. Yes. So Premier League, uh, La Liga, and I think Serie A will all have different versions of that ball. Awesome. Awesome. So we'll I'm, I, I may be able to get my hands on one. What? By the way. Yes, I'll let you I know want if one. I do. <laughs> Can we get like a two up front logo on the ball? Oh, that'd be sweet. Let's do that'd an official awesome. two up front logo uh, Nike soccer ball. That would be the dream right there. That, that is. That'd be living the dream. Absolutely. So, uh, Simon, what would your I Believe segment be? Oh, I hate that it pains me to say this, but I'm going to be honest with you. There's been a lot of Americans, more and more Americans, jumping on the U.S. soccer bandwagon. Yes. What a great bandwagon to jump onto. Woo! But if CONCACAF keeps up this junk with the Gold Cup, with the refereeing, with handing teams, uh, Mexico especially, these last-minute bailouts, you're going to lose these American soccer fans. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You're going you're gonna to lose them. And... and, and <sighs> 
I hate to I'd, I'd hate to see that. Find it. You know, one thing we talked about during the break was at least when you the U.S. lost against Jamaica, mm-hmm. they lost. Exactly. There the referee did get, and, and that, was a, that was a great game as far as the referee was concerned. You didn't notice the ref, and that's how it's supposed to be. But it seems like every single Gold Cup, there is so much controversy. And we, we did see that in the, the Gold Cup in which Canada should have beaten the U.S. I'll even say that. But mm-hmm. the U.S. was handed Agreed. a favor there. Agreed. This this region is getting big enough and good enough that we don't need a U.S. Mexico final with every Absolutely. single Gold Cup. We no. don't need either team in there. I completely agree. But I but I do believe agree. if this if this joke of a tournament keeps up, we're going to lose fans in this country. Absolutely, especially with what's happening right now with Panama Mexico, which is still tied one one. By the way, so right. uh, my I believe segment is I believe that whoever Jamaica ends up facing in the final, whether it be Panama or Mexico, I believe that Jamaica will win. I love it. They deserve it. They deserve some credit. I think they will have a good showing. And along with that, Panama and Mexico will both have played two games in a row with extra time. They're going to be tired. Yes, very. 240 minutes of soccer. Jamaica's speed will be far too much, I believe. So, Jamaica, you've got my vote. I'm pretty sure you got Simon's vote. You got my vote. Fantastic. Well, this has been another exciting edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. Before we sign off, Simon, where can they find us on social media? On Facebook, we are Two Up Front, and on Twitter, we are at Two Up Front Soccer. Yes, indeed. You can find him on Twitter at Simon Provan. You can find me at Baxter Colburn. We love chatting with you, especially about soccer. We've had a lot of people chatting with us on Facebook and and, uh, Twitter. Uh, due to uh, we were at the MKE Barons tailgate last week. If you haven't done so, go to the MilwaukeeBarons.com, take the pledge, become a season ticket holder, bring pro soccer to Milwaukee. We would love it. NASL, USL, whatever. We'll take it. We love it. We love soccer. Uh, big thank you to Sports Radio America as well for everything that they've done for us and now for on iHeartRadio also. So thanks to them. For those of you watching us on Periscope, thank you as well. We'll hopefully do it again in the future. Not exactly sure. Let us know your thoughts about how you think it turned out. You had something else to say. Fire Klinsman. There you go. <laughs> Hashtag Fire Klinsman. He's Simon Proven. I'm Baxter Colburn. Our manager is the one above. We are two up front. Enjoy your day, everyone. Whether you're having a not moving off the couch while you watch the game kind of day or a no time between conference calls kind of day, it can still be a delicious Dunkin' kind of day. And with Dunkin' now available on DoorDash, it's easier than ever to get your faves brought right to your door. So if you're looking for coffees, donuts, and breakfast sandwiches in the morning, craving some afternoon snack and bacon, or in need of Dunkin' refreshers for a PM pick-me-up, we've got you covered. Order now and get your faves brought to your door through Grubhub, Uber Eats, and DoorDash. Price and participation may vary. Exclusions apply. America runs on Dunkin'. El nuevo crispy chicken sandwich de McDonald's es crujiente, tiernito, jugoso. Es pollo en la McDonald's, un mordisco y wow. Es el nuevo crispy chicken sandwich. Ordena por anticipado en el app de McDonald's. Para pa pa pa. En McDonald's participantes.